Welcome to the Awakened Intent podcast. Uh, my name is Chris. You're very welcome to this next episode. And I'm very happy to be joined by Karin, who's going to be here with us for the next hour. And yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what comes up and what wants to be spoken to and yeah just feeling your energy and and what it is that's inspiring you around this work so Karen hello welcome hello Chris thank you for being here thanks very much for having me here Mm -hmm. so do you have something specific or or some aspects that you are feeling to speak to today that you'd like to get into today yes i have a few questions prepared of course mm-hmm. and then maybe <laughs> um, i don't have to stick so much to the questions i'm not sure yet <laughs> okay okay wonderful well, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit, just so mm-hmm. everyone has a sense of you and and whereabouts you're at on the planet? Okay. So my name is Karin. I'm Austrian. I'm also a little bit Spanish because I lived in Barcelona for 12 years. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in the south of Germany. I work um, part-time as a job coach. And the rest of the time, I support people in being at home in their bodies and in their lives. Mm-hmm. And I'm very interested in diving like a bit deeper in what it is to be alive. So mm. this is what really interests me. And this is, I think, why I found you. Because okay. I noticed something real behind the words that I heard. And I think this is so rare in these days. Mm. So then I listened to all the podcasts in Spotify <laughs> and I enjoyed them a lot. And then I joined Patreon. Mm-hmm. Yes, And this has been like just two months, but with real changes in my life. And I was really surprised by these changes. Mm -hmm. And this is why I'm so grateful and honored to be here today with you. Oh, beautiful. That's very uh, beautiful and and sincere of you to share. So thank you. I received that. And I'm looking forward to seeing what we get into today. (laughs) Okay. So I had a first question prepared and then I changed it now Mm -hmm. today because of the experience I had in the last two days. So I was very excited to prepare questions and like to ask other people what they would like to ask. And it was really exciting and joyful. And then like yesterday Mm -hmm. and today, I noticed like real waves of fear and I I was like, my attention was to in other things, like talking to somebody 
and and suddenly this fear and i realized this is connected to the conversation and when i like tried to get but what's so scary it was like i can prepare but i cannot control the outcome and of course i know that we never can control like life we, we can't control life <laughs> Mm -hmm. It's still, there was this fear. And my question now is, like, is this a question that, like, is this a fear that comes more from women? Or is it just that we talk more about it? And, like, what could help to, to deal with this kind of fear of not being able to control or being exposed mm. that arises sometimes even if it's not useful well uh, I'm not sure if it's ever useful <laughs> maybe maybe there's there's areas where we could see it in that way but uh, the first part of your question um does that happen more for women not in my experience of working with both men and women it's mm -hmm. it's across the board because we are raised from a fear-based narrative mm -hmm. everything generally in the way that we are raised the way that the external world and the societies and the marketplaces and all these aspects of our daily experience have been set up is from a point of of being disconnected from that deep inner surrender and trust right there's different words we could use surrender is one trust is one uh, love is the biggest aspect of that Right, love and fear, they cannot really exist at the same time. We're either in one or the other. If we're not in love, by default, we're going to be functioning from fear. And that fear is, is going to have us feel like, firstly, we have to control everything. And secondly, it's to the illusion <laughs> that we think we can control anything. Mm -hmm. And... You know, there's pockets of our lives where we're comfortable to, yeah, I'll, I'll surrender these parts of my life, right? Because I'm comfortable with surrendering those parts to mm -hmm. something more intelligent than me. But if we don't truly, truly believe in what we say we do in terms of our spiritual relationship with God or source or life or the the intelligence of life, we'll be very compartmentalized in our surrender, in our trust, right? All of this, I give this to God to handle. But this thing over here, I got this. I'm going to look after this one because, uh, because this is very important. Um, so the whole control aspect, it's a bubble. It's a bubble of illusion that I feel the first step in moving back into love and trust and loving trust is just the awareness of the fact that we we don't actually have 
control over anything. And if we did, it would all fall apart and we would cease to exist very quickly. Because the intelligence that keeps us alive on a moment-to-moment basis that has our heart beating and our blood circulating and our brain functioning and our gut communicating with all these other aspects of our body, there are thousands of systems inside of us that we have no conscious awareness of on a moment-to-moment basis that just looks after itself. So the other thing that becomes helpful is if we look at ourselves internally and if we're also willing to really step back and look at nature the -hmm. planet the universe the galaxies all of this is being seamlessly managed on a moment-to-moment basis by this intensely intelligent force that we may not be able to see necessarily in every case but it's handling everything. So where in that setup do we come along and go, okay, I see you handling these things, but I'm going to look after this <laughs> thing. <laughs> right? That is the fear. That is the lack of trust. That is the, that is the lack of seeing, which is fine because that's how we're raised. That's how we're conditioned. That's how we're programmed. But once we become aware of that distortion in us, well, now it's our responsibility to spend time unraveling and seeing all the places where fear is actually governing our life and our relationships down here. And then seeing in these places of fear, how can I bring love into this space? Absolute lovingness for myself and others. Mm-hmm. So how does that look? Um, that's my response to your question. That is a great response. And what might happen now in this conversation that the same topic will appear <laughs> from different angles. Yes. Because <laughs> this is <laughs> this is really touching me what you say and I somehow have the impression that this could be the line you know under some of my questions Mm -hmm. so i still ask them yes it's totally fine it's beautiful (laughs) to be able to speak to the same thing through a thousand different corners this is this this is how we repeatedly hear and experience mm-hmm. the, the transmission of lovingness, of trust, mm-hmm. of, and, and how it can apply physically and externally to our lives. Mm. Okay, cool. Yeah, so there's no judgment in, in any of the questions <laughs> that, that you're bringing. Okay. So I do have a few questions um, to the polarity meditation. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I love it. I I find it truly amazing. And there are different aspects. Like one is you have this sentence that you suggest whenever like the mind takes over. Yes. And this phrase is something like I'm one with the universal life force energy and I can feel it flowing through me 
now. Mm-hmm. And this for me is really special because it's not an affirmation, you know, like many times these affirmations are so far from the experience that they are not helpful or they are even harming. And this is for me, it's not an affirmation, it's a description of what is happening. And mm-hmm. even if I sometimes maybe cannot feel it that much, it the sentence like sets an intention. And the end of the phrase, like now brings me back immediately to the experience that I'm having now. Mm-hmm. But like in life, in nature, for example, I I feel this, like I'm completely part of this life force energy and I have this smile on my face, you know, not, no matter what happens in my life because I'm just happy to be alive. Mm-hmm. And in other situations, I like I lose a lot of energy, like sometimes with people, I I lose so much energy and I don't really get like, how did I do this now? <laughs> and how can it be that like I'm I'm one with this life force energy and then I seem to be like really disconnected from it and you talk about men and how they can keep their energy, for example, with this uh, salmon retention thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what could I do as a woman to keep mm. my energy? By staying in your body and feeling the openness that's percolating through your system you're only feeling like you're leaking energy because you leave yourself Mm. when in the presence of other people. And maybe not in the presence of everybody. Maybe there's Mm -hmm. specific people Mm -hmm. or specific situations and Mm -hmm. you leave yourself, you leave Mm. your body. And that is a traumatic experience for our body and for our spirit to have Mm -hmm. to have to go through to have to move through so essentially you're contracting in the body and that's pushing spirit out that's pushing your life force out that's clamping down and even in the clamping down your your burning energy in the clamping because to clamp and to hold your beautiful, powerful life force uh, inside or to feel like you must protect it, that fear response, that requires a lot of energetic expenditure to mm-hmm. stay clamped down. And many people live their lives completely clamped down all of the time. Mm-hmm. And they wonder why they're fatigued or migraines mm-hmm. or are ill and, and you know, just uh, generally are not in the experience of love and bliss and openness and and feeling their essence moving through them and relaxing deeply into themselves. That's generally what it tends to come back to. So th- that's the first part of, of my response in terms of what can a woman do? Stay in your body as a woman and to allow 
whatever experience wants to come up, maybe there is terror, maybe there is fear, because you're used to leaving yourself in this situation. And now your body's experiencing, oh, she's staying here in the situation. That's scary. So now there still may be contraction, but if you're there in the house, if you're in your house, you won't keep slamming doors, right? Eventually you can gently go around and open the door again and go and open the door over here and open the door downstairs and open the door upstairs. And as you're opening the door upstairs, whack, the door downstairs slams again because it's in a panic response. And then you very lovingly and patiently go back downstairs and you open that door again and you... You keep repeating that process of opening your doors or opening your gates, whatever metaphor you want to use, but making a commitment to staying in your body, swimming in your soup. You mm -hmm. don't want to be leaving your soup because then everything just starts to, to leak and, and pour out. So that is that is the most important part for everyone, men. Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and women uh, also supporting yourself with your breath right so if everything in you is contracting that means your breath is also contracting and it's probably mm -hmm. shot up into the back of your neck and the back of your shoulders okay beautiful breathe into the back of your neck and the back of your shoulders let it know i'm here i'm mm -hmm. here and i'm going to help you breathe i'm going to love you by breathing with you because you're scared right now and that's okay but now i'm gonna love you that's all it requires and there's no such thing as perfection because as long as we are here there's going to be somatic responses and reactions to so many things and i can feel you having an experience around what I'm saying, I can feel your heart relaxing and opening and your shoulders dropping and tears moving. So allow yourself to feel that right now, right? This isn't just a podcast. Um, there's, <laughs> it's, everything is energy. So your body is relieved. It's relieving. It's, it's feeling supported yeah. in, in what it's, uh, in what it's receiving. And you can bring that to yourself. When I say what I'm saying, I'm just speaking that from the parts of me that are wide open and relaxed and, and in its depth. But there's there's nothing magic about any of this or any of us. We're, we're very simple. But when we leave ourselves and we tense up, we're shot out of our body. And we push spirit out. So you're training yourself through loving yourself in the moments where everything in you want to close and run. And the second part to that is within your whole experience of this, can you consistently move and express and act from a place of loving kindness fear is the opposite of everything that i've just spoken to you the body's learned fear so that's why it's contracting and leaving and you feel fatigued so consistently using loving kindness even those words 
Because if you're fearful and if you're contracting, that means you've you've disconnected from loving kindness. So when you notice your contraction, your fear, your leaking, your anxiety, your stress, reminding yourself loving kindness. Even those words, they just serve as pointers. They're not magic. They just they're just pointers. <laughs> they but but they can feel magic to your body because that's what your body comes from. Right? We were all made in the vision of love. We've been created in the vision of love. You didn't choose to put yourself here. Mm. None of us chose to to consciously be here in this form. We were created in this form through the benevolent, loving force of of whatever looks after everything down here. So we we've been a gift. Our existence, I feel, is a gift. We're here to be gifted. So can we continue to gift to others and to not drink the Kool-Aid or to, to, to be caught up or tricked that we are anything other than supreme, sublime love and generosity and kindness? Because when that's our MO, when that's our mission, when that's our focus on a moment-to-moment -moment basis during the day, there's no space for fear. There's no space for me, 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 me. What about me, me, me? I need, I want, I need, I want. That's a very excruciating place to live from. Yeah, the funny thing is that this happens a lot to me when I work a lot with people. So then I'm not really focused on me because my focus is on the other person and mm -hmm. I even don't like I don't I don't feel this fear like I'm I'm doing what I what I think is needed in this situation but I'm not focused I'm not very much focused on my mm -hmm body or my experience in this way so much because I'm focused on the client. You're and, in service. Yeah. And afterwards I notice like wow um I I, I even when I I enjoyed it or I I it was I think it was useful I'm sometimes afterwards I'm really really much more tired than I think I should be. And mm -hmm. still it makes complete sense what you say. Well, the tiredness and the, the, the dots that I want to connect in what you're saying, because there is the dynamic of people completely sacrificing themselves for other people, giving everything to other people and, and, and giving nothing to themselves looking after themselves in no way, completely disconnected from themselves and attempting to help others in order to siphon love for them. A lot huh. of people have been grown up with the pattern of the more I can be helpful, the more I get, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so, so that may look kind on the mm -hmm. surface, but it's not actual kindness. It's not because it's still a technique for me, 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 me. 
-hmm. It's still about what can I get out of this kind behavior. So what I really want to do in connecting these dots is if you're working with other people and if you're supporting and being kind with other people, first and foremost, are you in your body feeling your own life force or feeling the unlimited life force that is coursing and surging and undulating through your being? Are you feeling your spirit or spirit collectively moving through you? And another analogy I I use is if if you're going to reach out and touch someone, but you're not in your hand, well, no spirit spirit can't move through you. It it, it can't reach that person. Now you're trying to do something to that other person, but you're not actually connected with the power or the potency that has created you and everything else. So what I say to people is just make sure in the helping and in the kindness towards other people that it's coming from a place of your own energy overflowing out of you to that other person. Mm -hmm. So you're feeling it, you're in contact with it. Otherwise, you leave your body and you just kind of go into autopilot. Um, and that can be very draining, very, very draining. Like if I, in my energy work, was sending my energy to people, I would be on my ass yes. in about 10 minutes, right? So mm -hmm. it's it's crucial that we realize, oh, I'm not the power. Mm -hmm. But but God or source or that divine mother energy, that's the power. That's That's what can come through. So then the commitment is about how much in alignment, how much have I surrendered in my own life to that energy that's here to look after me first. So I can then look after other people. Hmm. Because there's no God or force that wants you to kill yourself so another person can take a breath. <laughs> yeah. That is blasphemy onto self. So true kindness, true lovingness comes through people who have gifted that to themselves. So love is just an overflow. And I think that's how we most love other people. That's how we take the greatest care of other people in our lives. I always say if I'm doing three hours of uh, alchemy practice every day, absorbing energy. 50% of that practice is for me. Well, actually, maybe less, 40, 30% of that practice is for me. The other 70% of that practice is for every single person that I come in contact with. I'm not there doing three hours for me, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. it, it's it's so that I can actually be, be of service here without uh, getting hurt in the process. But does this also mean that you take care, like how many hours you work with people? I mean, could you hold the same thing that you are describing many hours working with people a day? Like, does this matter? Um, I'm not. I'm not so sh uh, like, clear on the question. Like, like when you say. In a way, you also you take care of yourself, mm -hmm. and this means also like that you decide 
how many hours of working with clients is beneficial for you and them? Uh, well, it's not really about what's beneficial for me in that regard. Um, but there, I mean, I have work hours. I have times that I will generally do sessions with people and I have times that I won't. But if someone comes knocking who is in trouble, which happens very regularly, um, I'm there to support that person to whatever degree that I can in that moment. I will stop what I'm doing, put down what I'm doing in order to to be as loving and as generous and as kind with that person that's shown up because that's a part of my service here. That's I'm very clear that that's that's a choice I've made. That's because I want to be useful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and at the same time, you would mm -hmm. like set limits as well. Yes. If they're constantly knocking on your door. <laughs> right. Well, if they were constantly knocking on my door, then I would trust that life is there to back me up with everything <laughs> I need. Otherwise, they wouldn't be knocking on my door. <laughs> right. I, I am oh, I am that's a good answer. <laughs> I, I am in a joint working partnership with source. <laughs> so who, if people are coming to me, that means that I have the capacity to support that person. And if at any point I'm not supposed to anymore, or I don't, or I just need time to be deeply in my own being for extended and unlimited periods of time accumulating, then there will be no nobody knocking on my door. Okay. That that's how I relate with it. And to go back to just something you said about um, you know, is, do you have those hours to take care of yourself? I'm not actually taking care of anything. I'm not taking care of myself. I'm just creating the time so I can surrender even deeper so that life can take care of me the way that it knows how to. I don't really know how to take care of anything in myself. I only know how to surrender and receive to what ultimately knows how to take care of me. So I'm just creating the space and I am committing to moving around in my life in a way that can allow that presence to be with me on a consistent moment-to-moment -moment basis. And, you know, you've experienced group energy sessions with me, I think, in, in probably some different capacities, maybe. Um, it doesn't matter if it's one person in front of me or if it's 400 people there to receive energy at the same time. Energy is completely unlimited collectively. So, again, I'm not sending just my energy. Hmm. So I'm not I'm not becoming deficient when I when I work with people energetically. I'm actually charging up in that process because there is no benevolent force that would take from me to give to another person. Instead, when we're in the practice of love and care for one another, we all receive in that experience. Mm -hmm. So the energy work for that person is also energy work for me. Mm -hmm. So, and I always say this to even Reiki practitioners, it's very common that people who practice Reiki just burning out and burning out and burning out and the energy that they're projecting is, is almost nada um, in, certain, in certain times. And it's really important that a person can look at how they're seeing their role 
and why they're even doing it. Why are you there to to help another person? Mm-hmm. What's it for? Mm-hmm. Is it is it just for you or is it just for them? Because neither one is fair. Yeah. Or is it for us? Because I yeah. know if you're in a deeper state of health, this also supports me being in a deeper state of health. Mm-hmm. It supports every single person here being in a deeper state of health, alignment, bliss. Because we're all the same thing. There's no there's no space. <laughs> we think we're separate because of all this space that we think we see in between ourselves, but I am you and you are me and the state of the community that I'm in, the health of the community that I'm in is going to be directly related to, to the health that I experience or the vitality that I experience, which is why if you have a little bit, share some with another person because it, it helps everybody. Yeah. And I really feel generosity is um, is some form of a superpower that we all have access to. Consciously making that choice in this moment, not just to be in this for me, me, me. And to essentially see another person's struggle or to see another person's pain as your struggle. And as your pain, now, without taking it on, without absorbing it, but when we're in the me versus you, or I have to win, which then means you lose, or you win, which means I lose and I don't want to lose, so now I have to do everything to win. When we're in this separate think tank, when we're when we're living separately in our self-awareness, this is one of the reasons why we are so fatigued, why we have very little contact with energy, with life force. <clears throat> but your feeling, your felt sense, your body, everything that's moving through through you right now, if I'm here with you, fully feeling with you. Well, now I'm in a part of that experience with you. I don't identify with it. I don't take it on. I don't make it mine because it doesn't even belong to you. So why would I make it mine? It's just passing through. But it's to love to that depth where another person's struggle, if you have the ability or the time or the resource, it's like, I'm here to, I'm here to support you in that. I'm here to help you in that. Because we will all be in moments of grave challenge. And how beautiful is it in moments of grave challenge to feel like another person is right there with you. Or people, humans, community are right there with you. I got you. I'm here with you. That's an empowering experience. And I I know I'm veering off somewhat, but uh, it just feels very clear today as we're communicating to to bring some of this up to understand that you are essentially everyone who's around you mm. and they are you and we could really we could really be kinder to one another we could really be more loving to one another 
which that's interesting that you say it because i i feel that this lowers the degree of fear you know like because if i think i don't think now so much about people i work with but i think more about close relationships mm -hmm. and if the other person like is really troubled like constantly and like his life is a mess and he's yeah it's really difficult i never somehow understood how how i could be there and in the polarity meditation I think it has been the first time that I somehow I got it how I can be here without like making it mine or having to create uh, like a real like a big distance you know out mm -hmm. of fear like this yes. is much too much for me so I have to be distant and this is the worst thing for the other person of course of course and in the polarity meditation i started to feel how it could feel <laughs> to mm -hmm. be like more compassionate you know without taking it like completely in and yes. what you said now this there is no distinction like the other person is me and i'm the other person this changes completely the picture Mm -hmm. this right. is somehow amazing and what's important in that as I mentioned is I'm not inviting people to identify with other people's mm -hmm. pains or struggles but it's actually understanding that another person's pains and struggles are all coming from the disconnection of love mm -hmm. There is nothing that we even really need to do so much of practically yeah. other than to maintain our ability to stay in our center, in our lovingness, without taking anything on. But when we're with that person, gifting them and sharing them, sharing with them that lovingness from us, you're not babysitting anyone. You're not... No you're not uh, enabling someone to keep being negative towards themselves. A part of love is also being very direct. I'm very direct in my communication with my loved ones, with anyone ultimately. And if I see ways that they are not being loving with themselves or they're disconnecting from themselves or they're whipping themselves, my version of love in that moment is to be very, very clear with them on what I see. Yeah. So when I use the word love, here's the issue is everyone has a different definition of the word love <laughs> based on how they've lived. So ultimately, we we could be having a conversation right now about a million different things for all of the million of people who may potentially listen to this. Uh, but lovingness is not, it's not enabling the lack of love. Right, lovingness is being within your own self, radiating your 
desire, your understanding, your at peace with everything here comes from love. Everything here is maintained and kept alive and upright via the, the electrical frequency of love, which in itself is its own coding that runs through all of us. And we're here as ambassadors of that frequency. We choose to be here as representatives of that frequency. How can I show up to represent that as fully as possible? And also understand that there will be places in our evolution where we miss it for a moment or or we don't show up in representation of it. But yeah. can we remember lovingness and compassion for ourselves so we can come back into that frequency? It's all about a feeling. It's all about feeling. It's all about frequency. It's not about thinking about love. Thinking about love does very little. Do you feel it in your body? And the first part of feeling love in your body is how deeply are we surrendering to ourselves first? That's the first step. We can't go looking for love and find it. It's not outside of us. We are love. We are what we're searching for. So through the process, as I mentioned earlier, breathing into yourself, relaxing the body, staying in the body, Love will come and rediscover you. But you just have to be willing to, to be available enough for that love to be able to find you. Or are you trying to do it all yourself because you think you know it all? <laughs> right? I've <laughs> no, been guilty. I definitely I've been... don't think I know it all. Mm. I have these moments so that I do, but <laughs> in generally I learned that that's definitely not like this mm -hmm. so i life humbled me down already a bit <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah so the the word love can trigger some people also um so i just wanted to say that you're more than welcome to shift that word if you're listening and love is has been so convoluted for you that it doesn't even make sense anymore you can you can shift that to life force. You can shift that to generosity. Mm. Feel generosity is a mm -hmm. very rich, yeah. potent, powerful word because we all we all know what it feels like to be generous, and we also understand the energy that starts to pour through us when we're being generous. How it mm -hmm. feels to be generous. There's a reason it feels so good. Mm -hmm. You know, when we're generous, after we're generous, feeling into generosity, well, it's because that's what we come from. So we're just, we're feeling home again. Thank you for listening to some of today's episode. If you'd like to hear the full conversation, along with live Qigong classes, Q&A group sessions, and Tea with Chris, you can head over to our Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash Chris Bale. Thank you as always for your support and we will see you back here on the next episode. Ciao.